Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Do you remember this quote? Because I certainly do. Doug Peterson talking about what was going to happen when his team went up against the Dallas Cowboys. Doug Peterson said, and I quote, I know the sky is falling outside. It's falling and I get that and the fans are feeling just a little bit. We're going down to Dallas. Our guys are going to be ready to play and we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We're going to control our own destiny and be right where we need to be. Record scratch moment. It didn't exactly go that way for Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'm not one of those guys who says, oh, all that talking changed the outcome or fundamentally altered what might have otherwise happened. But it certainly appeared the Dallas Cowboys were ready out of the gate. There was never a real contest that took place here. Cowboys got up 14-0, got... uh, I guess challenged a little bit. Number dropped back to 14-7. But from there, it was never remotely close. Dak Prescott, just okay. But man, Carson Wentz and the Eagles are in a tough spot right now. All right, so the Eagles are sitting at 3-4 and four now. Cowboys 4-3 and three leading the NFC East. Listen to the next four games for the Eagles. Bills. I don't know how good the Bills are. I really don't. But they got it done again, and they're sitting at 5-1, and one, and they get a wounded Eagles team coming up to Orchard Park. Then you've got the Bears coming to Philly. Well, the Bears got exposed a little bit, and we're going to get into a discussion about how incredible the Teddy Bridgewater series, uh, experience has been. 
But the Bears got exposed a little bit, I thought, uh, today. Uh, the Patriots then go to New England. Uh, the, the Patriots go to the Eagles, and then the Seahawks go to the Eagles. That's four pretty difficult games that I think if you're an Eagles fan, Bills, Bears, Patriots, Seahawks, two and two is probably the best you could hope for there. And if you go two and two, then you're sitting at five and six. Now, the benefit down the stretch for the Eagles is you get the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys again in Philly, and you finish at the Giants. So there's at least the possibility you could get on a little bit of a roll there down the stretch and maybe put yourself into contention for a wild card or maybe if the Cowboys keep playing inconsistently maybe you can still be in a mix with them but the Cowboys schedule not as brutal should win next week against the Giants uh sorry you got a bye week then you go uh, against the Giants feel pretty good about that one Vikings Lions Patriots it's a huge game it's a huge game for the Cowboys to get this win, to take a one-and-a-half game lead with nine to go in uh, the NFC East. Just massive. There are a lot of massive games, by the way. We're going to run through a lot of what I learned watching the NFL. Now, I had an interesting trip today. So, uh, usually on Sunday, I'm like a lot of you, right? I either go to a game, because I'm a Titan season ticket holder in Nashville, or I stay on my couch, which I actually prefer, and watch the red zone, flip around, watch as many different games as I can to try to keep tabs on the entirety of the NFL. Well, I watched the early games in my hometown of Nashville, but then I hopped a flight to fly out to LA. So I actually watched that wild Chargers-Titans ending on a Southwest Airlines flight with spotty Wi-Fi flashing in and out at times, trying to figure out exactly what was going on with that game while I was also keeping tabs on Teddy Bridgewater taking it to uh, the Chicago Bears. But we'll get to that in a sec. I thought of all the games that took place on Sunday, yesterday's games, I I still feel like we just talked about what happened with the Cowboys getting the big win over the Eagles. But I feel like there were two games that really stood out as being statement games in the NFL. Now, sometimes it's hard to know what exactly is going to be a statement game in the NFL because week to week, your team can play and you can be like, hey, that's it. We're going to the Super Bowl. And then the next week they can play and you'll be like, we are so bad. And the difference between the two, it's almost hard to find any rhyme or reason to them. But I thought the two most impressive statement wins that I saw were, first of all, the Saints. I mean, this is one of the great stories we've seen in a long time. When when Drew Brees went out with that thumb injury and they got whipped like they did by the Rams and you looked at that schedule for the Saints and you said, oh my God, this thing is going to be brutal with Teddy Bridgewater having to come in especially as bad as Teddy Bridgewater looked in that game against the Rams. So the Saints go on the road the next weekend against the Seahawks, get the dub. Then they come back home against the Cowboys, who at that time are undefeated, get the win. The Bucs aren't awful this year. Saints get the win. Then they go on the road against Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania and don't even allow the Jags to get a touchdown. 
and now they go on the road against the Chicago Bears. And I got to be honest with you guys. I feel bad for Bears fans. I really do. Because I don't know, and, and Teddy Bridgewater gets that win too, I don't know how, if you are a Bears fan, you aren't sick to your stomach every single time you see Deshaun Watson highlights and you see Patrick Mahomes highlights. Because the Bears didn't just pass on both those dudes. They traded up for Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky feels to me like he is almost done as the quarterback of the Bears. When you look at the numbers that he is posting on a regular basis, it just feels, and I know his numbers aren't atrocious in this game because he threw 54 times, but that game was never really in doubt in the second half once the Saints came out and got up 36-10. to 10. Then you get a couple of cheap touchdown passes from uh, the, the Bears to make it look window dressing-wise like it might actually be close. But I think this, get, this win that the Saints got, I think it is going to continue to reap dividends when Drew Brees comes back. The run that they have gotten on to get to 6-1, and one, to win five games in a row with Teddy Bridgewater, is one of the great stories that we've seen in some time, especially with Bridgewater coming back from such a devastating knee injury. New Orleans has a unique connection to its football team in general, but it's hard not to be rooting for the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater uh, as that run has continued. Some talk that Drew Brees might be back for the next game. I believe the Saints play the Cardinals, that he could be back. But at this point, if I'm the Saints, I wait on bringing Drew Brees back. Why would you rush him back? Let him get 100% healthy. You could probably go beat the Cardinals, but even if you don't, everything has been so great. And then you've got a week off before you have to bring Drew Brees back. you got another bye week. You have the luxury of time based on how well Teddy Bridgewater has played. The other game. The other game was the Ravens going on the road against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and Lamar Jackson got the win. Now, I'm not a Lamar Jackson believer. I understand that a lot of you are. He ran the ball 14 times for 116 yards. I just feel like I've seen this movie before. Guy comes out. He's running. He's making plays. We make the argument all he does is win. Heard it with Vince Young. Heard it with Tim Tebow. Heard it with RG3, all three of those guys, young quarterbacks who had good early success, and then it vanished. Lamar Jackson passing, 9 for 20 for 143 yards. Ain't going to get it done. Just flat out not going to get it done. Now, is he an electric player? Yes. Does he move with a speed that no one at the quarterback position has equaled since Michael Vick? Yes. I don't know how long it's going to last, but that's a big win for the Ravens. And Russell Wilson had his worst game of the year. You knew it was going to happen at some point. Russell Wilson statistically through the beginning of the season, the first six games of the season, had posted the best quarterback rating in the history of the NFL. He had become the favorite to be the MVP of the league. He was due for a bad game. Huge win for the Ravens. The Ravens now have opened up pretty good space between themselves and everybody else in the AFC North. 
starting to look like a little bit the Ravens might completely run away with this thing. So those were two huge, I thought, seismic signature statement that statements that were made in the NFL universe. The other one I would say is the Colts getting the win over the Texans. We've been debating who the second best team in the AFC is. And I don't think there's an easy answer right now. Obviously, I think most of you out there would agree with me that the Patriots are significantly the best team in the AFC. The NFC, there's a lot of teams you can argue right now, hey, I could see them making a run towards the Super Bowl. I had the Texans as the second best team in the AFC because I love what I've seen from Deshaun Watson. But Jacoby Brissett, who found out two weeks before the season started that this was his team now with the Colts, they had a bye week, they went out, the Colts did, won this game, and if the season ended today, the Colts would win that division, Texans would be a wild card. It's a flip of what we saw last year when the Colts went on the road and won as the wild card team against the Houston Texans, who won the division. But I got to tell you, this Colts team, when they are healthy, and obviously they've had a lot of injuries, I really enjoy watching them play. And they're now sitting at 4-2, and two, and if the playoffs were starting this weekend, the two AFC wildcard representatives would be the Buffalo Bills at 5-1, and one, and the Houston Texans, I believe I'm correct about this, at 4-3. and three. So there's a lot still to be determined as we move through this season. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I thought that there was absolute craziness with the way that the Chargers-Titans game ended. So let me kind of take you back a little bit. We talked about uh, several other NFL games, and I kind of began the hour talking about this. But I was uh, I watched the early games in Nashville, my hometown, and then I went and caught a flight right about time that the, the, the afternoon game started. So I'm on Southwest flight to LA we're doing the show out in LA Monday Tuesday Wednesday of this week and so I'm watching that game along with the Saints game against the Bears uh, just on multiple devices at my uh, at my seat right I got the laptop with one game going I got I got my own version of like a man cave uh, on my uh, in my coach class seat there on Southwest uh, flying to LA and so you know how this Wi-Fi a lot of times is very spotty on airplanes and so it'll skip around or it's even wilder like you can see somebody else's laptop and they're ahead of you on the play like you know it's a different streaming speed and so at the end of the game uh with the I guess it was Austin Eckler caught the pass right yeah it looked like he had scored with about 40 seconds to play uh the Chargers had come surging back from a double digit deficit in the final six seven minutes of the game and I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm a Titan season ticket holder. Ticket holder. My uh, my son and uh, my dad were at the game in our seats, so they were watching there. And I, I, I have moved as a sports fan from someone who cares about my teams to wanting my kids to be able to enjoy things. And I think that a lot of parents out there will know what I'm talking about. Like, you still root for the teams that you cared about. But now when you go with your kids, you want them to be happy. So you're almost seeing the game through their eyes all over again. So I was like, oh, that's going to be a crushing defeat. Because last year when the Titans played the Chargers in London, 
came down to a two-point conversion try and the Titans couldn't get it done and, and, and lost that game. And then this one would have been crushing as well. So they go to re- review it. And on the instant replay, they determine that he's about you know a half yard at most away from a touchdown inside the one. They put it down. Uh, it takes forever, right? Like it's a long review process. And then when they finally, they've stopped the clock, right? Because the Chargers are out of timeout. So they have to readjust the clock and everything else. And they get ready to run a play. And it looks like they're going to score, but they fall start. And so the play doesn't count. Move them back five yards. And you're thinking, okay, well, maybe we're going to get an overtime here because the Chargers could have kicked the field goal to go to overtime. Well, then they get a pat. They run another play. They get pass interference in the end zone. So they go right back to the one-yard line. They run a handoff and they're announced as a touchdown right but they stop it to review now the chargers don't have any timeouts so this is actually somewhat beneficial to them so uh they've been now called for touchdowns twice they go back and change it again pull it off the clock they have time for one more play they run it one more time and it is uh it's a fumble that's recovered by the titans in the end zone i mean this was an utterly crazy way to end a football game where you've got the Chargers think they've won the game twice they have two different touchdowns taken off the board on instant replay and uh and the end result is I I mean I I honestly think the Chargers fall into two and five is this the end of Philip Rivers career is it possible that the Chargers are going to look at the trade deadline and make some moves not with philip rivers but is it possible that gordon could get traded for instance uh, are there other assets they have that they look at now sitting at two and five with the chiefs at five and two with the buffalo bills at five and one the odds at this point of the chargers actually making the playoffs are slim to none i would say and are there assets you should go ahead and start building for? And do you have to at least contemplate the fact that this might be the end of Phillip Rivers? I mean, in terms of his era with the Chargers. Well, let's go back to the play at the goal line, or the plays, plural. Yeah, lots of them. <laughs> and reviews, because when Eckler first, what we thought was a touchdown... The broadcast team was confused as well. Everybody because, was yeah, confused. This was not like, handled in a very no, uh, efficacious bad. manner It was really in terms bad. of understanding what was going on. Yeah, his rear end hit, and at first replay, the broadcast team said, oh, but look where the ball is. So at that point, I was like, well, that's it's going to be reviewed. Because you were watching on Red Zone. Yeah, and so I started paying attention to other things, and I thought, well, that review is going to come back as a touchdown. But then I see him lining up, and Melvin Gordon gets the ball, and I'm like, Oh my God, that that that's short. That wasn't a TD. So then Melvin Gordon, they call that a touchdown too. Right. But then he lost the ball, and then they look and see that his knee touched before the ball came out, and that wasn't a touchdown. And at this point, I'm like, oh my goodness, and time is running out. This was one of the crazier finishes we've seen so far this season. But then if you're Anthony Lynn, why do you go right back to Melvin Gordon again? And Gordon doesn't go high. He goes low. I think if Gordon had used his leaping ability and went high, he would have scored. Well, all he has to do is break the plane. I'm a little bit surprised they ran the ball every play, too, because you got Phillip Rivers, and you'd already scored one touchdown on a great play-action fake in the yeah. middle. And I understand you're afraid of him getting sacked, but Rivers doesn't really get – he does a good job getting rid of the football. So with He does the way a good the, job falling forward, yeah, too. Yeah, well, and with the way the clock works – I would think you would want to exhaust your pass opportunities 
before you try to run it and worry about the clock, right? If you have first and goal at the one, to me, you've got three opportunities to throw into the end zone with Rivers. I know there's not a lot of space. And then on fourth down, you have a run pass option, right? If it gets to fourth down. Now, I understand the the, the rationale being, hey, we're so close, we need to go ahead and pound it in. Uh, but to me, that was very questionable play calling there. And also, if you're going to run a play, I don't understand why with Phillip Rivers, he's a big, strong dude. You don't quarterback sneak, immediately have him, you know, throw basically reach the ball out. Because the moment the ball breaks the plane, it doesn't matter if somebody punches it away. It doesn't matter what happens. I thought that was just a crazy ending, and I didn't think it was particularly well coached on either side. I agree. And what did you think about Tannehill? Because we've had lots of conversations on our morning show about Mariota and you were out on him when he didn't play at the end of last season but then you were back in with him but now watching Tannehill at least move the offense to get points on the board last week you were saying it wasn't Mariota's fault it was the O-line it was the team overall do you still feel that way well it's hard to judge any quarterback on one game I thought uh, Tannehill was really decisive I don't think it matters right I mean the Titans are a seven and nine eight and eight nine and seven team at best so I think in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to particularly care uh, about it. And I think the challenge for the Titans is we know, at least I think we know, that the Bengals and the Dolphins are going to be going to draft quarterbacks in round one, right? It would be a big surprise if the Bengals are like, hey, we're sticking with Andy Dalton. We know the Dolphins' entire strategy has been predicated on going and getting a quarterback. That's why they're tanking this year. I'm not sure there's any other teams that we're 100% sure on going to get quarterbacks. Maybe the Chargers if they decide to turn the page on Phillip Rivers. Uh, but the Titans, to me, and the Bucks are teams that are in that mix. And I don't know. I, I don't know how good he would have to play because Ryan Tannehill is a free agent in order for the Titans to decide, you know what, we're going to try to commit to him for a couple more years, even though he's already had seven years or whatever the heck it is that he played with the uh, Miami Dolphins. But I, I thought he was fine. You know, I mean, this was, a, a to me, an elimination game in some sense. And the Chargers got eliminated and the Titans will continue to flounder around and end up 8-8 eight and eight or something like that. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk yeah. about this some, I'm sure, on the show tomorrow as well. NBA season starting. The NBA season starts. I am going to go see the Lakers play against the Clippers yeah. here in L.A. We're out doing the show for three or four days in L.A. here. What do you expect that my experience will be like in the Staples Center? Well, I think Chuck the Condor is going to be a shock to your system. Because this is a, this is a uh, Clippers home game, right. right? Your youngest would love Chuck the Condor, yes. but you're going to roll your eyes and you're going to be like, what the yeah. H-E double hockey sticks What do you this? think the response will be for LeBron in, uh, in Staples Center with it being obviously a Clippers home game? Yeah, it'll still be good because – most of us here in Los Angeles, we cop Clippers tickets whenever the Lakers or a really good team are the away team because that's the only chance we can get they're cheaper to get in, right? Although this ticket is evidently really hot, right? It is. And now obviously Kawhi's making his yeah, debut. And anytime the Lakers are there sharing a Clippers quote unquote home game, those tickets are more expensive. But they're still not as expensive as Laker home games, just a notch below when the Lakers are supposedly visiting there. So there's going to be a lot of LeBron fans there. There's also going to be a little bit of a new element of some Clipper fans who maybe weren't around last season, which is going to really piss off the 
long-standing Clipper fans that have been there through the you know thick and thin the storm. Yes, and now there's going to be some bandwagon riders because of Kawhi. Paul George is not playing. Yes. coming off the surgery. You're not going to see Clippers at full strength. You're not going to see all of the Lakers players at full strength yet either because obviously AD has that. Well, here's injury. the big question I have. Yep. Will they play the Chinese national anthem for LeBron? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Now here's That would the, be incredible if they played the Chinese national this anthem. Is the other question, how many of us can separate LeBron the player from LeBron of what just happened. That's why I'm kind of curious to see what the reaction will be inside Staples Center tomorrow uh, when LeBron officially comes back. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. The biggest story to emerge from the weekend that just passed in college football is the injury to Tua Tagovailoa. In particular, how long is he going to be out? And when he is out, how well is he going to play when he eventually returns? Alabama released a statement early around noon on Sunday saying that he would not play against Arkansas this weekend, which is certainly a team that I don't think that a need Alabama does for him to play because Arkansas right now is 1-19 in their last 20 SEC games. I don't think they're going to be very competitive with Alabama. That line is already out and Alabama is a 35-point favorite even without Tua, which is an utter indictment of Arkansas's program in general that you could be that much of an underdog without the starting quarterback playing. But this is the same injury that Tua had uh, to a different ankle. It's the same injury that he had in the SEC championship game. Now, Alabama, when they have these high ankle sprains, Alabama has some sort of surgery that they do with the idea being that the guys are going to be back a lot sooner than they otherwise would. Well, why does this matter? Not going to matter against Arkansas. Then Alabama has a bye week. But LSU is coming to Tuscaloosa in effectively, whatever it is, uh, 19 days? 19 days we will have a massive game, which could be number one against number two in Tuscaloosa. Now, LSU's got to get past Auburn this weekend before they start to get ready for Alabama in the meantime. But this is the number one story in all of college football right now because I believe, I really do believe, that if Tua is not playing, Alabama is at best a 10-2 and team. I really do believe that. I think Tua is covering up for a lot of average on this year's Alabama football team. A lot of youth, a great wide receiving core, but I think Tua makes that wide receiving core look even better than it otherwise would with almost anyone else. And so I think Alabama would lose to LSU and I think they would lose to Auburn at minimum if they didn't have Tua this year. Not an indictment of Alabama because Alabama's never been the team that's been able to rely on having the elite quarterback for most of Nick Saban's coaching career, but this is by far the number one story as we move into the playoff race effectively now in college football. How healthy will Tua be? That obviously impacts the Heisman Trophy race in a big way as well because Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa, I believe right now, 
are the top two candidates uh, to win the Heisman Trophy. Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts are also there. Justin Fields will get a lot of opportunities to have signature moments in big games. Jalen Hurts just frankly isn't going to have those moments. And as a result, I believe that the Heisman Trophy winner ultimately will come out of the Alabama LSU game and whoever plays better there. So the biggest story right now in college football and one that deserves to be analyzed and discussed a great deal, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about it a ton over the next three weeks, is how healthy is Tua going to be? Is he going to be able to play at a high level? Because this LSU offense is so legit that they are going to put 35 or more points up on Alabama, I believe. And I don't think that there's any way that Alabama is going to be able to keep pace with LSU if Tua is out even though they've got an incredibly talented team, and even though they got a lot of guys that will be first-rounders at wide receiver, maybe as many as four. This might be the most talented Alabama wide receiver core we have ever seen in college football when you look at them top to bottom and consider how good they are. But the drop-off, to be fair, between Tua and Mac Jones is massive, And I don't think Alabama can remotely contend for a national championship with Mac Jones. Now, that's the number one story in college football. Number two story in college football is this. How good is Penn State slash what in the world happens with Jim Harbaugh now? People think that I've been too tough on Jim Harbaugh and too tough on Michigan fans. I don't think that Jim Harbaugh is a bad coach. I don't think that he is a disaster of a representative for the university. I just think the hype train and the expectations for Jim Harbaugh were so out of whack with reality the moment he landed in Ann Arbor. Michigan wanted to believe, we've got our Nick Saban, we've got our Urban Meyer. And the reality is, Jim Harbaugh has been a less successful version of Mark D'Antonio since he got to Michigan. And so I don't know what happens now with Michigan. This is year five for Harbaugh. Barring Penn State and Ohio State both losing two football games in the back half of their schedule. Could it happen? Sure. Do I think it's likely to happen? No. Barring that, Michigan for a fifth straight year under Jim Harbaugh is not going to win their division, they're not going to win their conference, and they're not going to advance to the college football playoff. When Jim Harbaugh arrived, he was supposed to be garlanded by national championships. The reality is Michigan's just been pretty good. And pretty good is better than Michigan had been for a while. Certainly, they were not pretty good with Rich Rod. Certainly, they were not pretty good with anybody that they've brought in in years past. It's been a messy situation for Michigan football. And that's why people were so in love with the possibility of what could happen with Jim Harbaugh. Brady Hoke's finally gone. Rich Rod's finally gone. We're going to be just as good as Ohio State again. Urban Meyer, meet Jim Harbaugh. We've got our guy. And now it felt like everything was setting up perfectly for Michigan. You've got a returning quarterback. You've got a brand new dynamic offense. You've got Ohio State in Ann Arbor with a brand new head coach in Ryan Day and a brand new quarterback in Justin Fields. And I'm sorry, if you're a Michigan fan, it doesn't feel to me at all like Michigan is creating any kind of gap between themselves and most of the rest of the Big Ten. I think you can make an argument that Michigan right now 
is the third best program in the Big Ten East. And that might be generous to Michigan. But certainly Ohio State is orders of magnitude more successful right now than Michigan is. But Penn State, with uh, James Franklin, has been recruiting better and has actually won a Big Ten title during the time that Jim Harbaugh has been there. So that's the big story. What now happens with Michigan? I know they play Notre Dame this weekend, but do Michigan fans care? If Michigan wins every other game this year and then loses to Ohio State again, what's Jim Harbaugh going to do? Is he committed long range to Michigan? And are Michigan fans going to put up with all of Jim Harbaugh's excess and all of the attention that he's been given in order to go 9-3? and three? I think those are really intriguing questions to ask. And again, I'm not trying to say that Jim Harbaugh is an unmitigated disaster or certainly that he should be fired. But relative to the expectations that he entered Ann Arbor with, he's the most overrated coach in the history of college football. Those are two massive stories. Want another massive story? For a second straight week, we have a monumental upset. Last weekend, we saw Georgia lose to South Carolina as a 21-plus point favorite. This weekend, we saw an even bigger upset. Wisconsin lost as a 31-plus point favorite to Illinois. And I said, one of the things about college football is whenever upsets happen and close games uh, end up ensuing, it's usually a sign that a team has played out of character, right? And, and, And I know college football fans sometimes are a little bit ridiculous about these sorts of situations, but every 40 minute football game basketball game every 60 minute football game is just a random 60 minutes that you could take out of 6000 or 60000 or 600000 of minutes that these teams played and the longer they played the more issues we would have with non upsets right the longer two teams play the less likely an upset is to happen what was stunning when you look back at this game between Wisconsin and Illinois is not just that Wisconsin lost. It's that they gave up three touchdowns on big plays. 48-yard touchdown pass, 43-yard run, and a 29-yard touchdown pass. This defense for Wisconsin entered this game against Illinois with shutouts in four of its six games, and in a fifth game against Michigan, they got up 35 to nothing. And then out of nowhere, storming back, comes Lovey Smith in Illinois. That's going to be pretty significant, I think, going forward, is what happens now with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's on the road against a uh, outstanding Ohio State team. Ohio State opened two touchdown favorites in that game. If Wisconsin loses that game too, then Wisconsin fans are going to go from, hey, we could be college football playoff potential – But at least if we're not college football playoff potential, we're Big Ten title caliber team, to we may not even win the Big Ten West. Because if you're paying attention to the Big Ten West, oh, by the way, Minnesota is undefeated. And they have a really good shot to win again this weekend, which would get Minnesota, ridiculously, a two-game lead over Wisconsin in the Big Ten West race. So that is a story worth following. I think a lot of people are surprised right now. You're like, wait a minute, Minnesota 7-0? and Yeah, Minnesota is undefeated right now in the Big Ten West. And 
I believe they play Maryland next on their next game this week coming up. And then they get a bye week and Penn State comes to Minnesota. I'm not an expert on Golden Gopher football, but I would have to believe that would be the biggest Minnesota football game in decades if undefeated Penn State, who has to get past Michigan State, by the way, on the road this weekend coming up, if undefeated Penn State were going up against undefeated Minnesota, you could have made a lot of money on predicting those two teams would be 8-0. Penn State, by the way, their schedule, I think they're a year ahead of schedule right now, but they go to Michigan State, been an incredibly tight series there. I think Michigan State, uh, low scoring, has a chance to pull off that upset. And then Penn State also still has to go to Ohio State in the game that will probably decide the Big Ten East division. Oregon, big storyline Oregon, takes down Washington. Everybody talks about how you should challenge yourself out of conference. I've got a counterintuitive idea about the Ducks here. Why in the world is Oregon playing Auburn to start their year? Imagine that Oregon brings in, and I'm not trying to take a shot at them, but let's imagine that Oregon brings in a small school that they have almost no chance of losing against. Let's pretend, and I'm just going to toss out a name, let's pretend that Oregon brings in a Mac school. Like they bring in an Akron or a Bowling Green or somebody like that. They win that game. You know you're going to play nine conference games. And you also know you would have to win a conference title game, which means you play 10 games in conference against top competition in the Pac-12. If I were an AD in this era right now, if I thought my team could go undefeated, I would call the bluff of the schedule people out there who say you got to schedule top opponents out of conference. Because I don't believe any Power 5 conference team that goes 13-0 and is ever going to get left out unless we end up in a scenario where all five power conference teams uh, champs are undefeated and you have to start going through in that manner to figure out which four go. But in general, I think that's almost impossible to contemplate that it would ever happen. A couple of other things that I think stand out, Oklahoma and Clemson. Oklahoma and Clemson, I believe, are both going to go 13-0. And I believe when they go 13-0, we will sit back and uh, we will say, particularly about Clemson, that is the weakest 13-0 schedule in the history of major college playoff football, which is still relatively short. But to have a team in Clemson finish their schedule with no teams ranked in the top 25 at the end of the year on that list and I think that's what will happen is absolutely insane which is why I've been comparing them to 2014 Florida State the year after Florida State won their national title they came back with Jameis Winston who is a lot like Trevor Lawrence big strong pocket passing quarterback and they were a shell of the team they had been the year before. They got into the playoff, and they got embarrassed by Marcus Mariota and the Oregon Ducks. And since that time, I've kind of felt that's what's going to happen to Clemson if they continue on this trajectory. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be what you think of the top 10? Well, let me start. We can bring in Danny G now. I'm out in L.A. What did you think of my contention that Alabama 
is a nine and three or ten and two team without Tua. You buy into that he's that important, that he's the difference between them being a national title contending team or just being maybe a good team, right? Like a citrus bowl caliber yeah. SEC team. I'm still thinking about that because as soon as that game ended and I got on social media, I saw the overreaction about how Alabama is no longer the best team in the SEC without Tua. Is that an overreaction? Uh, no, I don't think it's an overreaction at all. I mean, I, I mean, I, all I, the comments underneath people posting that was you're overreacting. No, I, I don't think it's an overreaction at all. I think the drop off without Tua is monumental, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, most teams, if they have a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback and he gets hurt, don't have another player who they can plug in that's going to be anywhere near that level. And given how much importance he has to this team overall, I just think with Mac Jones, this is a team, and I'm not trying to take a shot at Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is the kind of quarterback that Nick Saban has typically had. He's a game-managing, decent quarterback. But for a long time, one of the crazy things about Nick Saban in general was he won even though he never had an elite quarterback. Dabo Sweeney, Clemson got put on the map because he got Deshaun Watson. Jimbo Fisher won because he had Jameis Winston. Most guys, now give Urban Meyer credit at Ohio State because he managed to win a title with Cardell Jones, but when Urban Meyer won at Florida, it was because he had Tim Tebow. A lot of iconic coaches you can pair with a quarterback and say, hey, that's what really kind of launched him into the stratosphere as being a great coach. Nick Saban never had that. He had Jamarcus Russell a little bit at LSU. He recruited him, never had him play for him. But prior to Tua, I mean, that's the one indictment you could have of Nick Saban over the years is that he's traditionally had quarterbacks who were game managers. Not take a shot at him, but the Greg McElroys, if you think about Greg McElroy winning a national championship, uh, Blake Sims who won a national championship, Jake Coker, uh, all these guys on the teams were not necessarily, by any stretch of the imagination, big-time quarterbacks. Even A.J. McCarron has not had much of an NFL career, and I think he was a third-round pick. So Tua is a game-changer, and I think Tua has been covering up a lot of inadequacies on the Alabama team this year. They're not very good defensively. They're young. They don't get great pressure on the quarterback. They uh, seem a little bit slower than Alabama teams of the past. They don't turn you over to the same extent. They allow longer drives. I mean, hell, against Tennessee – if the SEC officiating is a little bit better and if Jarrett Garantano were a decent quarterback as opposed to a bad one, Tennessee could have pulled off the upset in that game once Tua went out. I mean, they were trying to score with seven minutes left to make it a one-score game and they fumble going in and it gets returned 100 yards the other direction. I, I really do think that if Tua doesn't come back healthy from this high ankle sprain, if he's not able to play at an incredibly high level against LSU in a couple of weeks, I think Alabama would lose to LSU, and I think they would lose to Auburn. Now, they may beat everybody else and go 10-2, and two, but 10-2 and two with Nick Saban at Alabama is an incredibly disappointing year. So I don't, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. How ironic would it be if Jalen Hurts goes on to win the Heisman? Speaking of Oklahoma, 
What do you think was more painful, Tua's injury or the woman who fell off the Sooner Schooner crash? I mean, it's a bad time for crashes, right? We had the Lady Gaga thing on the stage where uh, she got knocked off. I'm glad everybody was okay in the Sooner, but, man, that seems like it should be something that's, like, taken care of so it doesn't happen. Uh, The covered wagon, if you don't know, the Sooner Sooner Schooner uh, took a tumble. What do you think? Sharp turn. Yeah, sharp turn. (laughs) Um, What do you think in general? I, I, I think the other big story that is going to emerge from this weekend in college football is Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Like what in the world is going to happen with Jim Harbaugh now? Because he came in as the savior for Michigan football. And now that he has lost already two games to Wisconsin and to Penn State, and to their credit, they played better against Penn State than they did against Wisconsin, meaning Michigan. But they came out against Wisconsin and got down 35 nothing. came out against Penn State and got down 21 nothing. Both of those games, right out of the gate, his team was not prepared for the intensity on the road. Now, maybe they'll beat Notre Dame. They're favored by four and a half or five points. Yeah, I think they will. it looks like the game against Ohio State is just one where Michigan will be playing spoiler. I wouldn't overreact. I just think five years. Well, let's talk about this season. Penn State, I think, is just that good. All right, it was an exciting finish as the Nittany Lions held off that late rally. I think Penn State, it's clear they're the biggest threat to Ohio State in the Big Ten. I know you I not think it's been... different. I think it's different. Over I understand overreacting, not overreacting. And you're Michigan well, and you because say because hey, of what he's getting paid? Well, just because the expectation relative to the results is not great. If you are okay with Jim Harbaugh and you're saying, hey, we're going to be 8-4, and 9-3, and three, and every four or five years we're going to blip up and we have a chance to win a Big Ten title and contend for the national championship. If that is what Michigan's expectations are for what they're paying Jim Harbaugh, then more power to him. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to stay around I actually think he's painted himself into an interesting corner here because if he loses for a fifth straight year to Ohio State, he set this up this year. Ryan Day, brand new coach, brand new quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is left. If you can't beat Ohio State with a first-year head coach and a first-year starting quarterback with the game taking place in Ann Arbor, when is Michigan ever going to beat Ohio State? This was supposed to be Michigan's year But I think Jim Harbaugh is in a tough spot because if he loses to Ohio State again, and let's say Michigan goes 9-3, and if he tucks his tail between his legs and decides to go back to the NFL, everybody is going to perpetually talk about how he couldn't win at Michigan and how he couldn't beat Ohio State. And if he stays, I feel like Michigan has begun a descent. I think Jim Harbaugh burns brightly and that a lot of times the early – excitement and uh, energy that he brings to bear it happened with the 49ers I think it happened at Stanford it happened at San Diego he is a brusque and difficult guy it appears to deal with in the long term and so I wonder if he's played his his peak hand at Michigan and if he has I don't know how this situation resolves itself because you actually gave him some compliments last season I, I, look, I, I have said consistently that I think Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in all of college football. But last year, after an early loss, I believe it was to Notre Dame, Michigan got on a hot streak, and they were sitting at, I'm right about this, right, 10-1 and one mm-hmm. with Ohio State, and everybody expected this was going to be the year that Jim Harbaugh got it done. Well, since that time, they got blown out by Ohio State. They got blown out by Florida. They got blown out by Wisconsin. 
and they got almost run out of the building early in Happy Valley. To their credit, they stayed and they fought. But now, I mean, again, unless Ohio State and Penn State both lose multiple games and put themselves into a position where we got like a three-way type tie that's going to be at play, all that Michigan's going to have the opportunity to do this year is play spoiler for Ohio State. And they might not even have the opportunity to play spoiler because if Ohio State rolls into that game 11-0, and then Ohio State probably has a mulligan against Michigan. They don't have anything at all to worry about. Who would you hire to replace them? I don't know. I, I don't think there's an easy answer. Yeah. A lot of people point to Stanford's David Shaw. I don't know if David Shaw would leave, but David Shaw's not having a great year at Stanford himself. And I, I really don't know who the easy fit is. And that's why if I'm a Michigan fan, I don't think that there's an easy out here. I, I, I don't think that there's something like he is the saving grace. He is the hero and he hasn't gotten it done. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.